I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all gone? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all us? Yeah. Stephanie Salas Vega is a writer with her finger on the pulse. At only 26, Stephanie has already written for pretty much every publication in Dallas and was even the editor of Central Track for almost a year before it went dark. Stephanie is proud of her Mexican-American heritage and strives to find stories about her community not usually covered. She has a unique and fresh perspective on the Dallas music scene as well and some ideas on how to cover it better. Stephanie was an absolute delight and I know you'll enjoy our chat. So here she is. Hello, we are here with Stephanie Salas Vega. You're a writer. And let's just start out with the basics. You're from yeah. uh, Dallas area? Yep. I was uh, raised in Carrollton. Okay. What I call Barrelton, which is like South Carrollton, <laughs> border, you know, Farmer's Branch, um, very Hispanic community um, that I've, me and my friends have renamed Barrelton just to be funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've done the Carrollton Switch Fest a few times. It's, it's cool over there. Yeah. Growing up there, is it like just kind of whatever? Is it cool? Like, it yeah, you know, I grew up like I said in a very Hispanic community, so my um, um, so that was my my world. That's all that I knew. Um, it's also like the suburbs, so there's nothing that happens over there. It's so boring. It's a dry town. Even if you're an adult, like there's nowhere to go drink besides. It's like, literally a dry town. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean the only places to go drink is like a Chili's, you know, but there's no <laughs> bars or like you know oh. I've had friends who've gone wasted at Fuzzy's Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like kind of cheesy because now that I live in Dallas and I, I, there's it's you know Dallas is a whole different world. It's so different from the suburbs, obviously. So I just can't believe that I grew up in such a small town, like very closed-minded, yeah. like town and just like i can't believe i made out of it you know yeah i mean did, survived it did, i mean did you feel i mean were you like looking towards dallas or fort worth when you were growing up and saying that's cool i want to be there yeah um as a teenager i grew up with very strict traditional mexican-american or mexican parents so i'm mexican-american and i grew up like you know not being able to go to football games or go to hang out with my friends or even go anywhere outside of Carrollton. So I didn't go to downtown Dallas until I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I've been to the museum, but I never actually explored it until I was 18. And I remember being like, whoa, like this whole world over here that I didn't even know really existed. Um, I also was uh, like a Tumblr girl. I was on Tumblr and blogging all throughout my teenage years. And so I, I've because I lived in such a closed, like, little small town of Carrollton, I didn't really know what was going on outside. So I used the internet to teach me, like, what's happening outside of Carrollton, you know, what are people listening to that people here don't listen to, what's, what are people dressing like, even. And so I started to, like, learn more about my culture in terms of, like, my, you know, 
Gen Z culture and pop culture through the internet. Um, and so my goal growing up was always to leave Carrollton. It was <laughs> always to like escape and start my own life somewhere. My my own life where I'm around people that are just like me and think like me and like all the same things like me. Because even in Carrollton, it was hard to relate to other kids uh-huh. uh, that didn't really listen to like the music I listened to or didn't know about the movies I watched. So it's kind of like, it's very cocky to say that, but it's just, it's so true, you know, like. I don't think it's cocky. I just think it's so interesting that you could grow up that close to a major metropolitan and be so mm-hmm. sheltered from it. Yeah. Um, but so, okay, so then were you writing? Were you allowed to write when you were growing up? Yeah. Um, when I was 14, I decided I wanted to be a journalist. Okay. Because I was always reading music publications. I was also blogging. I was just grew this like huge love for music okay i had always played music i grew up in a family of musicians but i just wasn't very good at playing (laughs) and i just had to like be honest with myself and i also didn't really care like my cousins and my uncles they were really talented and they you know that's what they would strive for is to win awards and be the best and i was just like well you know i'm here because i like playing it yeah. Um, but I, I, I knew I loved music. I just knew I loved it in a different way. Uh-huh. So I started listening to all these bands like The Strokes and Arctic Monkeys and Radiohead, that it, bands that I'd always listened to since like I was growing up. But as I got older, I started like researching more and reading more publications and kind of realizing that these band members are just like everybody else, you know, like uh-huh. their stories behind their music. Um, I always liked watching their interviews. And so because I was so fascinated with stuff like that, I was like, I want to do that. You know, I want to interview bands. I want to write about bands. So when I was 14, I was like, I'm just going to be a journalist. Oh, you know, that's cool. As like a joke, like I'm just going to do that. I mean, and had you written anything before that? Just like stuff in school? No, yeah, I just, I just like was on Tumblr huh. and reading. Um, in high school, I did join the newspaper, so I was um, the, I was an editor for the newspaper in my high school, junior and senior year. Okay. So I was writing then, and I was designing the newspaper and just doing a bunch of stuff with them. And that's when I was like, okay, I really want to do this. It's really, really cool. Like, I want to do this. Um, after high school, I took a gap year. I went to Germany. I fucked around. Uh-huh. I did stupid stuff. And then <laughs> <laughs> I went to college. Um, I went to a community college. I went to Brookhaven. And I joined the paper there. Uh, I, you know, the two, three years that I was there, I won several awards. I wrote dozens of articles related to my campus, but also related to uh, Dallas. At the time, it was, um, you know, Trump had just gone and um, became president. So there was protests and there was a bunch of chaos. So I was covering all that stuff. Wow. Um, there was a lot of hard hitting news, but I obviously I didn't really want to do that. I just kind of learned what I needed to uh, do and, and be a good writer so that I could move on to art and culture coverage. Yeah, yeah. that's smart. Like you got your, basically you got your experience with that. Yeah. And then so what What was your first uh, kind of like job where you were writing art, like arts or music articles? Yeah, I had written a little bit in college. Like, you know, there's art galleries and musicians on campus. But when I really like got serious about it was when I graduated 
around 2019. It was the summer of 2019, and I got an internship at Sindeltrack. Mm. And I had read about Sindeltrack. I had met Pete before, who's the founder, um, and I just applied, and I got it. So I interned mm-hmm. that summer. Um, I really, really liked it. I was writing things like their calendar. Um, I was just doing like you know that like bullshit like mm-hmm. yeah, the articles stuff. that yeah. like interns do. Um, but through that, I was able to learn so much about Dallas culture in general, like uh-huh. not just music, but food and nightlife. And I got to um, learn about different venues and bars and just places that everybody liked to go that I never knew existed. Um, and then I got to cover an, a show. My first show I got to cover was Transit Bike. Uh, was a bike shop and venue at night, like music venue at night huh. uh, in Lower Greenville. Okay. Is and it still there? It actually closed. Oh, okay. So I was, I was running about it closing and then throwing this huge like show right before they closed. Uh-huh. So I got to... Uh, t- write about bands local bands like sub-sahara and the bralettes and at the time hall johnson were still in dallas and it was really cool it was like whoa like i felt like real music journalist you know <laughs> right. like my dream had like come true and so i spent the whole summer with central track um i went to i transferred to unt and then a year later the next summer i was like Man, I really missed like Central Track. Like I loved working with them, so I took another internship with them, and then that's when I started writing song reviews and a little bit of album reviews, and a lot of it focused more on like music and art and culture. And um, yeah, I just really, really liked it. And a year after that, I think um, I can't really remember exactly, but even after my internship. I continued writing about music. I was doing song reviews, I think, two or three times a week. Hmm. Um, and I was, like, working at a tattoo shop at the time <laughs> and, like, writing these articles there. You don't, do you have any tattoos? I do, actually. Oh, okay. I got all these at the shop. Oh, okay, because they're all hidden. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I do. Okay. Some of these, I just, you know, this one I got when I was drunk. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like that happens. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it does. It does. But, yeah, I was running these reviews um i i was going to school um i started running like food about food news there's a lot of crazy random stuff that i was doing but again i was all that was as a freelancer so i didn't really have a job mm-hmm. i didn't really have any way to really sustain myself and survive i was i was broke i was dead broke mm-hmm. um and i later moved to denton so now i was paying rent and i was also um, at UNT, so I was working with their student newspaper, and I thought at the time, even then, I thought I was like big balling. You know, I was like, I'm in college. <laughs> I already write for a ma- or a publication. I've been writing for publications already. I'd already had bylines in Dallas, in the Dallas Observer, and so I was like, yeah, I'm set. You know. Yeah, yeah. And man, I think maybe a month later after i moved to denton and was like i'm gonna focus on getting my degree i get a call from pete friedman um and he's just like hey like i'm leaving sundle track and i was like what Uh like okay now i don't have a fucking job like (laughs) (laughs) there goes like part of my income 
And he was like, I'm moving on to WFAA, but I don't want to give up on Signal Track completely. So do you want to run it? And I was like, wow. The the first thing that came out of my mouth was yes. Like, didn't even think about it. I was like, yes, <laughs> right. please. Like, it's really like, you have to think about like, Snow Track was so iconic during the years that they yeah. were here. They covered so much of, of local music. And sometimes they were the first to cover, you know, up and coming artists and pop culture. And they just weren't afraid to say what they thought and they were very honest and it was hilarious content oh, I think yeah. people like just loved and I really saw myself there I wanted to be more than a freelancer I'd always worked uh to to become more than just a freelancer and I would tell I would tell Pete all the time like you're not getting rid of me like you're <laughs> you're stuck with me forever you know like i'm gonna always work for you right um and so when he offered me that job I was like yes there's no other place for me in Dallas. There's no other place I would want to work for. There's no place that I want to write this kind of content for. So I took the job and I ran with it for about eight months. Mm -hmm. And it was challenging, but also like the, you know, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Because I got to achieve that goal of me being like, I want, you know, I want to be a music journalist. I want to one day be a music editor and i got to achieve that like i can finally say no matter what happened i can say like i was a music editor for a, a publication in dallas so yeah i can check that off my list i mean you know? really young too i mean and i mean the, the amount of publications you've already written for it is kind of amazing to me thank you i mean there's a, a lot on this list it's, um yeah it's an honor yeah but um i'm 26 now but by the time i was 25 i was Written for The Observer, Snow Track, D Magazine, Denton Rigger Chronicle, um, Dallas Morning News, KRA. Yeah, it's almost everyone in town. You yeah. know, there's only a few left. You probably just write just one offs just to say you did it for everybody. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a huge honor, and it's really just me just wanting to write. You know. Yeah, just loving the the music and right. the scene. Yeah, I you know I had Preston Jones on uh, last week. He's another writer, and uh, you know we talked about like how difficult it's become to be a, a writer only in this mm -hmm. day and age or a journalist, and you know for many different reasons. And that's funny because one of the things we talked about was how you know sometimes you don't want to be honest because you just don't want to get all this shit for it but mm -hmm. then you're like but then again what am i here for mm -hmm. i mean central track didn't didn't hold back right. at all you know um i mean observer i feel like is it's there's really less stuff written from person a personal perspective and that's mm -hmm. like their model um and yeah i mean you know i'll bring it up like you had a post about like yeah. i wish they would cover more local and we we talk i mean i work for them so we talked mm -hmm. about it but you know it comes down to money like everything right. else it's like and and clicks and it's like i guess you know everybody wants to cover this music and then nobody's reading about it or clicking on it and it's it's a challenge like i don't know if you have any ideas because i mean yeah um yeah i i've talked passionately about how important it is to cover local music in dallas i know from experience that sometimes like writing that like 250 like word song review can be kind of a drag you know sometimes I'd just be like man I was I wish I was working on bigger stories like I don't mm -hmm. want to just write song reviews but then I would get musicians reaching out to me saying like like thank you so much you were the first person to write about me you're the first person who like gave me press 
And because of your article, like, I've been able to do this and do that. Um, I've seen my name in press kits. I've seen my name on Spotify bios. Like, it's just so important to cover local music because, like, it gives them something to strive for. And also, like, it makes them feel like their city really cares about them. Right. Um, and just, it's just, like, documenting. I, to me, I think I my goal has always been to just document culture. I don't do this because I want certain people to get press or, like... You know, I just like, I want people to, you know, be known or be famous. It's just like documenting is so important. So you have to document local music as well. Um, I've talked to many people in the music industry that are like, you know, like this artist was in Dallas and now he made a big somewhere else. But Mm -hmm. before they didn't care about him and now they do, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's like you have to think about it like that. Um, My like solutions to that, I mean... I'll be really honest. Yeah. You can get an intern to write stuff like that. You know? Yeah. You can get some you can get anybody to write stuff like that. And like it's just it's just that. It's just it has to happen. I think it really needs to happen. Um your community is asking about it also. I mean, I know that the observer talked about how, you know, nobody clicks on it, nobody cares about it, nobody wants to read it. But I didn't do that to I didn't I don't I wasn't writing music reviews for an audience like as a whole, mm-hmm. I was writing it for the music community because yeah. they care. So yeah. that's that was my audience. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I shoot for more than just The Observer. And I mean, yeah, like shows that I can't make, some of the local ones, I feel bad because mm-hmm. I'm like, who's covering it? And then sometimes I'll see Waffles did it or somebody did. And I'm like, cool, okay, somebody got it at yeah. least, you know. Because, man, there's that's that's the flip side. There's like so much amazing music here. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's hard to keep up, but yeah. I mean, that's not an excuse to not cover it. It's just it's just a fact that there's so much good stuff. You there's know? a lot of good stuff, and there are people covering it, and I think it's amazing. I do wish that there was more, you know. Sure. Yeah. No, I know, and it's like, well, cool. Just write a blog. Well, yeah. I mean, we all we, we yeah. all have done that. It's not that's not the answer necessarily. I mean, I guess yeah. you could get your blog up to that point, but it's it's yeah. hard, and yeah. it's like a you know, I'd rather do it for a publication that's already. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I mean, I have my yeah. website. I'll post stuff there if I just want to go to a show. But I, it, it's almost like it's more important that it gets public because again, like you said, mm-hmm. like I used to be in bands in L.A. and I never got publicity, and I know what it would have meant. And so now, mm-hmm. like any time, you know. Even it's like there's shows sometimes that I can't cover and I'm like, I call up a friend. I'm like, can you go get this? You know? Right. So now what are you, you're writing for a couple and you have a, a job too. Is like, is it, are you making the writing work right now? Uh, so I, I'm still a freelancer. Yeah. After Snowtrack, I went back to freelancing. And so I write for the Dallas Morning News and KRA. Mm-hmm. They actually have a, a partnership together called Arts Access. Okay. So I I technically write for Arts Access and Dallas Morning News. Um, Arts Access is super cool because they just launched um, a couple of months ago. I think maybe like in September. Um, and so this they have this initiative that they want to cover the art and culture in in Dallas and cover the diversity that's in the art world in Dallas. And what I like most about it is that it's free. There's mm-hmm. no paywall. So, like, people can read these articles without, you know, having to pay well, that's nice. whatever, like, they charge for, at the Dallas Morning News. So I've been writing for those two publications. And I've been writing about stuff that I've actually been wanting to write about since my Sinotrack days and just never got to it. Mm-hmm. 
um, while I was at Sinochak, um, I realized that what I really wanted to write about was the Latino community mm-hmm. and the underground scenes, like underground parties, urban culture. Um, so at the Dallas Morning News, I wrote about the Dallas Lowriders, which is the Lowriders Club in Dallas that's been around since the 70s. Mm. I wrote about Away From The Numbers, which is a post-punk dark wave DJ set at Double Wide that happens like once a month. Um, I also wrote about Human Dior, which is a, a store in Dallas. They, like, they're a resale store. They sell resale clothes and vintage clothes that are like very designer. Um, so those are just things that I've been wanting to write about for a long time. I finally got to do it. And I'm just so glad that I did it for the Dallas Morning News audience mm-hmm. because I think that they, you know, it's, their audience doesn't really know what's happening in the underground scenes. Oh, not at all. Yeah. And like, it's just, it, again, it's so important to write about that because they're the ones also contributing to Dallas culture as a whole, you know? And I've always been, I've always told people like, you know, like, it's just, I guess that's so important, but I don't want people to forget about the underground scene and underground artists when they talk about Dallas culture. You know, I don't want them to just think about the fine art and the symphony and the opera. You know, I want them to think about the groups in Oak Cliff, you know, the are throwing parties down there. I want them to think about the kids in downtown Dallas, like, with their own shop. I want them to think about, like, where all the, like, freaks and punks go to, you know, to, like, just hang out and party. Like, that all is part of Dallas culture. And I want that to be seen. I want people to, like, include them when they think about Dallas culture. So that's my goal now as a writer. Again, I don't want, like, my, I'm not just trying to, like, highlight anybody or make anybody famous it's just like i just want that to be in print so that it's there forever so that people can read it and be like wow this happened in my city or like inspires people you know they read these articles and they see a reflection of themselves so i want my audience to learn from it i want them to learn about culture but i also want to i want them to see themselves yeah that's that's amazing um that makes me it makes me curious is there like uh spanish publications covering any of this stuff um i don't think so huh i haven't really looked into it yeah well i i mean i i mean it's not necessarily i mean i don't know it's like Mm -hmm. it's to me it's a mystery and like Mm -hmm. you just bringing this stuff up to me i'm like yeah you know it's true like certain things have always just covered specific scenes or i mean whether it's the opera or it's country music or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and and it's like we this city is way more diverse than that and Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, it's important. And also your, your age again, I mean, it's stupid to bring it up, but like, it's cool that somebody at your age is like, sees the importance of this because, you know, we're in this internet generation and some people are like chat, you know, like, I'll just get the chat bot to make your, write your article. And it's like, that's no, you know, a lot of the subjects that I've written about are Latinos and they're also young, you know, they're young artists and like, I'll be honest, sometimes when people talk about like Latino artists or um you know they think about the latinos who are inspired by you know mexican culture like their art is very based on mexican culture or like everything they do is like you know like to represent mexican culture in some way 
and it doesn't have to be that way you know like there are latino artists who don't just focus on their culture i think it's cool but i think like it's not just like oh they're mexican and they're making mexican art it's like sure there are mexican kids that are here they're making their own type of art you know it's not necessarily mexican but they're hispanic you know and they're they should receive coverage too yeah that's an important distinction Mm -hmm. actually you're kind of answering this, but I'm gonna I want to get a little technical just for a minute. So you're sort of in a place now where you're not so much taking assignments as you're just picking your stories. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, I think most of my assignments are they're all my pitches. Okay, and so like, what's your process? Like, you come up like maybe you see something when you're out, or you, like how do you how do you do it? I get the like I get asked that question all the time, even from my editors. They're always like so like surprised at how I find these crazy stories that they find like like whoa, we never knew that this was happening. How did you find out about this? Yeah, and it's really just like I I always tell them the same thing. I'm like because I go outside, you know, <laughs> I, I go outside and I go to events. I network with people. Uh, social media is a great tool. Uh, I follow a bunch of artists, a lot of people in the music scene. Uh, I take notice of what they do, what they're doing. Um, I notice like, you know, sometimes I'll see the same people. I see different people sharing the same posts or the same event. So then I go to it. I just kind of just vibe, you know, I go over there and I network. I take everything in. I, you know, take notes and I'm like, okay, this person's a DJ, they DJ these events, or this person's an artist, they go to these type of events. And I just kind of like keep tabs on people. Like it sounds really creepy, but I, I do. Like I don't I, know if it sounds creepy. I'll meet somebody that I think is doing something really, really cool and I'll just like, you know, keep them, you know, on the side and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna watch what you're doing and then yeah. maybe it turns into a story, maybe not, you know? Uh-huh. You'll never know. Uh, sometimes it takes me a while to find them, but I just I don't re- I don't rely on press releases. I and I, I apologize to publicists out there. I don't really l- want any like press releases. I get it. Like I you, I don't care for it. You know. Yeah, you I don't like, want their version of the story. You want to right. have your take on it. I like finding it on my own because I think it's just so or- organic that way, and I I like that I'm like I like looking for my own stories and I when I once I find a pitch or an article or I once I find a pitch I don't want anybody else to take it like I want to be the one who does it you know like Mm -hmm. I think it just is more meaningful to either subject when they know that I wrote it because they know that I'm somebody who has supported the scene who does come out to events who you know shows their face and doesn't just like writes these articles and like okay thanks bye like never mm-hmm. seeing you again mm-hmm. after I write an article about somebody I still go to their events I still like meet up with them I still say hi when I see them in public like so I think that's what people really like me <laughs> and like <laughs> trust me because they're like you well, know it's genuine I mean like you wouldn't do that if you weren't genuinely interested and right. I mean honestly what does an artist want they want people to be interested in what they're doing I feel like and right so I mean that I, I, I love the it's like there's like something really fresh refreshing about your whole approach that I just Thank you. I like hearing about it. Um what what are you gonna do next? Um I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well I do know. But it's uh, a little bit different. I will be working with KRA more. Um and just hoping that I put out some more articles. Um I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just what I've been doing and I'm gonna continue doing it. Nothing cool. too big, but also like 
Um, the past couple of months, I've been talking to Dallas Morning News and KRA about how important it is to cover more of, of the underground and urban scenes. And I think I, you know, I think it's making a difference. So hopefully, you know, I keep doing that. Cool. And how, like, like if some someone not, not like just out of the blue is like, hey, what's the Dallas scene right now? What's it, what's it looking like? Where's it going musically? There's man, like, there's just so much music out there. It's so much that sometimes I'll go to a show and I'm like, I just wish that Snowtrack was still here so I can write about this band. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's so much going on right now and. Like, it just amazes me how the community sticks together. The the music community knows, like, like where they're struggling. They know that, like, there's a lack of, like, coverage. They know that venues are closing. They know that fans aren't really coming out. And so they've been finding ways to overcome those challenges. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing. There's more house shows now. Um, in Dallas, um, they're using art spaces as venues. Um, they're, a lot of fans are actually starting their own blogs and websites to promote shows, to promote uh, musicians. And they're using each other as a network. They're helping each other out with recording. You know, the people are now in home, re- in home studios recording their own stuff. Um, they're releasing their own music videos, you know? It's like, they know that there's a lot of problems in the music community right now, but they're like, nah, like, Mm -hmm. we're gonna fix it. We're gonna join together and help each other out. So it's really like, it's a strong community. Despite what anybody says, it's it's a really strong community. Oh, I don't think anyone says it's, I I don't think the issue is that people don't think it's a good community. I think it's just, like you were saying, I mean, getting people to shows is so hard and then there's Mm -hmm. so many shows and and i've come to really you maybe realize this too there's like there's two sets of people there's the people that go to shows and the people that just dropped in for a show Mm -hmm. and you know i wish there were more people that just went to show i mean like i go to shows all the time big shows and i'm just like where is everybody right so like i i hate when people are like Man, Deep Ellum wasn't what it was, you know. Oh, it's 10 the worst. Years ago or something. It's like, well, nothing is what it was. Literally, you know? nothing is like, the same. Like, I wanted yeah. to comment. Somebody posted the, that same comment again for the fiftieth time, and yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Like, shut up. Like, yeah. You know, why don't you? You don't like it, then don't don't talk about it. Go right. go hang out in the suburbs. I guess I don't right. know. Right? Yeah, it's you so know? hard as a music journalist who's writing about music. And so have that one dude be like, no, it's not like that. You know, music here sucks or there's no local scene here. It's like I'm mm-hmm. literally writing about it, you know. Yeah. No, it's it, it's funny, too. It's like the people that say that have like not been to a show in right. forever. And I'm like, you, the music is the, the music part is better than ever. I feel like that part right. is happening. Yeah. But I, it's encouraging. I didn't even I mean, I know that there's house shows, but that's not something that people ask me to cover. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool. That I, I, all of this is cool. Like you're, you've actually opened my mind up to like a few things that are going on here. If not, Thank you know, you. hopefully I did write an article for Dallas Morning News about house shows and how they're coming up um, after the pandemic. Um, I remember like before there was just so many house venues in Denton and then they were all like they all disappeared. And now I've been seeing them pop up, yeah. especially in Dallas. Yeah, and more in Dallas and Oak Cliff. I've been seeing a few. Yeah. I have a few friends that have been doing them. And I wrote about how like, there is a need for house venues here because some venues you know, are 21 and up. 
younger yeah. audiences can't go to them or they're in deep alum they they don't want to deal with the chaos going down there or sometimes mm-hmm. it's just hard to book a show there you know like depending on what kind of genre you are it's it's hard to book you know yeah. a venue so house shows that's where house shows come in and fill in that gap and i think it's just so important you know like i said people are finding their own spaces and to be honest i'd rather go to a house show than probably go see a show in, in deep ellum but that's just because it just feels so more intimate and yeah. the experience is just a lot bigger when you're at a house show i can see it like i have two issues with house shows one i'm old <laughs> so i'm just not awake that late and two i need enough light to shoot and i don't want to flash my flash so right but I'm glad you're covering them. I hope they continue. I hope it all yeah. continues. Where can people find your stuff? Um, people can, honestly, like those who follow me on Instagram, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but thank you. But also, I'm sorry. Um, That's I've, funny. <laughs> <laughs> I publish all my articles there. Um, the link in my bio has a link tree to all the publications I've worked for and all the articles I've been writing. And so people can just reach out to me through Instagram and awesome. find me there. Okay. Hey, thanks for coming over and chatting. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'd like to thank Stephanie South Vega for being here today. You can find her stories all over the internet. Theme song, Unstoppable by Celine Nerala. You can listen to the Dallas Famous Podcast every week on Deep LM Radio, Sundays and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. and then again on all the podcast places. Thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>